Welcome to Talk It Out Piece by Piece, the podcast that explores the joys and challenges of building strong families in the modern world. I'm your host, Kelly Webb, and in today's episode, we're discussing the topic of co-parenting and blended families. Co-parenting and blending families can be both a rewarding and complex journey. It's a path filled with love, compromise, and the determination to create harmonious bonds between parents, step-parents, and children. Whether you're currently navigating the challenges of co-parenting or considering blended families in the future, this episode is for you. Joining us today is JP Marsh. JP brings a unique perspective, sharing his personal triumphs and challenges, as well as the valuable lessons he has learned along the way. Together, we'll explore the intricacies of co-parenting from communication strategies and conflict resolution to fostering healthy relationships with both parents and step-parents. We'll also discuss the process of blending families, discussing the importance of creating a nurturing environment, building trust, and establishing new family dynamics. So grab a cup of tea, sit back, and get ready to explore the world of co-parenting on today's episode of Talk It Out Piece by Piece. Welcome back to Talk It Out Piece by Piece. I'm your host, Kelly, and today we have JP, who's going to share his experience. JP, go ahead and take it away and introduce yourself. I am JP. Thanks for having me. I am a 40-year-old single father to an eight-year-old girl in a healthy co-parenting relationship with her mother and her mother's family, but also her being a blended family, my daughter's mom's side. But it wasn't easy. I mean, it, by any means, but it works for us. And we do holidays together and sit at the sports deals. And it's not an issue with their family or me around and all of us being together. And so in a just way, that's kind of my story, I guess. With that, you mentioned being a single father. You mentioned that your daughter is still like in elementary you know, she's, she's eight and it sounds like your, the co your co-parent, your daughter's mother is in another relationship. Yes. Yes. So, but, but you all get along well. So that is, that's really great considering that there's been some negativity when it comes to co-parenting, right? Mm -hmm. So I really want to share your story because I want more people to be able to experience this, this type of success because at the end of the day, it is for the child more than it is for the, the adults, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. So can you share more about how did you and your co-parent get to the point where you are sharing holidays together and attending sporting events? Well, time obviously is a important factor. We we were never married, and we were together for a years, a few years, and then we had our daughter, and we split up when she just turned two, and so it's been six six and a half years of separation which 
the first couple of years was a little rocky to say the least uh the baggage the trauma the pity party the ego the pride all that stuff from the failing relationship and every all the stuff that was going on in the relationship i mean obviously followed for a bit but the the gist of it is is once you once you put your child first it's kind of gets easy and you got to do work on yourself and you got to take a look in the mirror and you got to realize the things that you're doing that's fanning the flame or antagonizing or all of those things, you know, I mean, there was, there was different turmoils, but when, when we had split up within like two weeks later my dad died unexpectedly so there was a whole bunch of stuff that all kind of stacked up at once thank you and so that so for a couple years I was I went through a depression and worked and hung out with my daughter and that was basically it and when I got out of my own way things started getting easier as far as Mm co-parenting. There are a fair amount of things that I am good at, and there are just as many things that I do not do well. And so day-to-day adulting is one of the things that I don't do particularly well. It's just, I struggle with it. I work on it all the time, but I struggle with it. And so when I quit getting defensive because she was reminding me of things that I, I had forgotten. (laughs) Then the small fights didn't happen as much. And then if she was poking and I just quit engaging and she quit poking because she wasn't getting a reaction out of me anymore and little things like that. But I had to get my pride and ego and stubbornness and work on that kind of stuff and and everything kind of just started clicking into place and then two years ago about two and a half years ago we lived in Oregon and her boyfriend lived in Montana and they'd been going out for a while and he was from the same place we were and all that stuff. But, and then she brought it up to me about moving to Montana, which tentatively I said, yes, you know, it was, it wasn't a deal. We don't have any court stuff. Hmm. There's no custody. There's no court involvement. We weren't married. So it didn't have to be court related custody or anything like that. And so when she brought it up to me, I looked into the schools and looked into the area and looked into all that stuff. Because what I do, I can do anywhere. It it doesn't really matter where I live. Mm -hmm. And so the schools were better. Crime was better. Less population. A little slower life. Like how how me and her mom had grown up. And so we moved out here. And... We don't know, didn't know a ton of people, that kind of stuff, but 
nobody else was weird about it. And so it's just not a weird thing that we get along and that we are a united front, you know, and communicate and do the holidays and the school and sports and dance and all that stuff together. But it wasn't easy at first by any means. And as you're talking, it, it makes me think of my personal experience. My parents are also, they also co-parented for me. And it was rocky when I was younger. It was rocky like that first five years from my understanding, it was very rocky. But then they ended up moving to the same city, like ended up living in the same city. And I went back and forth between the houses. So like my mom lived maybe, and to this day, they're, they're about 10 minutes apart, if that. Mm-hmm. And they both do have significant others. So, because I am significantly older than, you know, but as you're talking, I'm just like, it's great that you figured it out in the beginning stages. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned getting out of your own way. You mentioned not feeding into like her egging you on because, and you mentioned that you're 40. So, and your, your daughter's eight. So you're about 32 around that time frame, like early thirties. And we're still figuring out life in the or like in third in the thirties. Right, like right. people think they're supposed to have our lives figured out in the in our twenties, but no, we're still figuring out life even in our forties, like in the forties. Right. And adulting is hard, right? So you were talking it about it, it. It's just it's just hard. I think that when the some of the some of the adulting gets placed more on the mom when it comes to like having children just because I don't know if it's we we just have like more anxiety because it's our like because we birthed the children right and like we just feel like yeah like this super like responsibility for them and if the ball gets dropped by the other party it, it is kind of frustrating but once you were able to figure that out and you kind of, it sounds like you, you, you analyzed yourself to, to do better in, in that area because you knew that it was going to be beneficial for your daughter. Can you talk to me more about like your daughter living in separate households? Because you, it sounds like you moved to be with your, your family, right? So you moved mm-hmm. to Montana and right. living in two separate households, like, for me, I knew what I could get away with and what I couldn't in my different oh, households. Yeah. Um, how does that work for your daughter? And then like the communication that you and your wife, or not, your, I mean, not your wife, your um, co-parent have with each other. Well, the, so I, me and my ex both come from, poor families my parents were married up until my dad died Mm. and her parents are still married and so I didn't have any experience with the outside of you know friends that had divorced parents or anything like that I didn't have any personal experience with bouncing back and forth between two homes or anything like that Mm. my ex had a little bit she had an older brother and an older sister or half brother half sister that would go to their other parents on the in, during summers or stuff like that but they didn't live in the same town the 
where they were going. But with us, we communicate and well. So if she doesn't get to pull the, I don't want to go to a dad's because he won't let me do what mama let me do and vice versa. A good example is I, I had gotten her a tablet. We talked mm-hmm. about it and everything. And then she got a tablet for Christmas, which uh, play games and do stuff on a tablet. Fine. No big deal. And they camp a lot and living in Montana when everybody else that we're related to live in Oregon, she goes on a lot of long trips in the summertime. So it has service and she can have something for car rides. But she lost her privilege to the tablet, we'll say, for, I don't, we haven't decided when she gets back yet. But it was, a, it's a deal where it started to influence the way that she was acting and, and, and not in a real positive way. And so we decided that the tablet was putting on a shelf for a while. And if she doesn't get to do it with me, she's not doing it with her mom and vice versa. And that's good. If, if anything comes up, if she's grounded there, she's grounded here or, you know, can't have this there, can't have this here and vice versa, you know, so whatever punishments or restrictions that she has or things that she's committed to doing that that she may want to try to get out of, you know, that she needs to do. We are a united front. So she hasn't been able to try to pull that kind of stuff because it, 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 it just, she would be caught before she would even start. <laughs> how, how did you and your, your daughter's mother get to that point of communication where the discipline was the same within both households? Well, it, for us, it was, it, it, it just kind of flowed easily. My daughter is a, so our parenting styles are a little bit different, but the intention is the same, which, you know, for me to, for me at the end of my life to say that I was successful is that my daughter will be better, more empathetic, giving person than I am. And I'll consider myself successful. I mean, money's not really important to me. But with that, she, uh, we have focused on raising her to be a certain kind of person or to guide her to, to be the best person that she can be. And so spankings and a lot of discipline haven't really been an issue I mean she's not a teenager yet so that might come come a little bit later you know hopefully not but she was a she was an easy toddler and she was an easy baby and she's been a great child and she's really thoughtful and really caring about people and she doesn't really get do anything to get in trouble Mm -hmm. and so talking about the things that are coming up you know we usually talk once a week or every couple weeks and her mom will give me a rundown of of all their plans for the upcoming month 
you know, if she's doing soccer or not, or if they're going camping on which weekends or if somebody's coming to visit or she's going to somewhere to visit and it's not that big a deal. And so it just, there's never any surprises. So it made it a lot easier, I guess. No, that's, that's but, good. But Go getting ahead. to that place, it just, mm -hmm. uh, for the last four, five years or something, we've just been able to, to commute, to talk like two people that knew each other, but we were, we had known each other before we started dating. And so it kind of, our relationship towards each other went back to a place before it was romantic. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And even at first, you know, her boyfriend, when at first kind of had some reservations thinking, you know, he wasn't sure until he, until he was around us, around each other. And there's not any unresolved feelings and there's not any lingering emotional attachments other than that we have a daughter together. And so the communication part's been easy, but it was important to me to be able to communicate that way we were on the same page all the mm -hmm. time. Yeah. And thank you for bringing that up. That actually leads into one of my next questions. Like you, you are at a point where you're sharing vacations together and, you know, you're around your, your daughter's mother's boyfriend Mm -hmm. because of the the activities that your daughter's in right because he's he's there to support as well mm -hmm. so what is that how did you can you talk more about like how did y'all get to that so like you talked about him seeing the interaction and seeing that it there was nothing no unresolved feelings mm -hmm. how long did that kind of take and like how often were y'all around each other because you know for me I think it would be like more than once that I would have to see that um, right I and and, and my, my experience is that my parents were not together kind of similar to your experience but my parents were not together but they had already had already been dating while I was like since we lived in separate households my dad had a girl from my mom had a boyfriend and that just was what it was and they just somehow made it work but I really don't know the behind the scenes of how they got to mm -hmm. that point so can you talk about how you got to that point yeah it it I guess the part that helped is where we were from in Oregon and where we live in Montana there's a group of about eight families besides ours that were here but they're all from the same town that we're from and it's a small town like 8,000 people small gotcha. and so even knowing some of the ones that were here in Montana are his family members and I knew from high school and, and just socially over the years even knowing I didn't necessarily know him personally, there were other families here and people that I knew. And so all knowing each other, even knowing of each other probably helped because 
we all knew what kind of family he came from and he knows what kind of family I come from and new family members and grew up in the same town and all that stuff. I mean, they're just a few years younger than I am, but so to an extent, I, I would, I would assume that that probably played a big part. Gotcha. You know, it's not somebody, the stress of, of, of a complete stranger being around your child wasn't involved. And so mm-hmm. some of the, some of those anxieties and stress and the unknowing of a person that's all of a sudden going to be in your child's life, you know, the stress that goes along with that wasn't really involved as much as it would have been on a, on a whole nother case. Mm-hmm. But me and my ex, we've had a deal for years that if, if I start dating somebody or even with, with her boyfriend, it was a little bit different because I knew him. I knew who he was, but we've always had a deal to where if I start dating somebody or she does, then we get to meet them before Adeline meets them, before my daughter meets them. Okay. that's And so nice. then, then you don't have a revolving door of, you know, women that I'm dating or, you know, I'm not like a serial dater or anything, but she's not meeting a whole bunch of people and, and unless it's serious and then Emily gets to meet whoever I'm dating that I want to bring around our daughter. You know what I mean? Some of it is to protect her and some of it is some things an eight-year-old just, you know, a little bit too adult. You know what I mean? If if there's a new woman in my life every three, four, six months, you, you know, to each their own, but being a serial dater or introducing a whole bunch of different people is just not something that we are choosing to do, I guess. That's understandable. But with, with her boyfriend, it was a lot of, we moved here. I moved here in June, two years ago. And I think we went to, we were all barbecuing together like every other weekend you know, with all the people from Prineville for the entire summer. And so then by the time the summer was over, then it was just no big deal. Which the other part that helps with him is he has an ex-wife and a son that is a couple years older than my daughter. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that he has to deal with that me and Emily don't deal with because we communicate and get along and stuff like that, he's not really insecure or bringing up stupid things that, because, you know, the stuff that he can't do with co-parenting with the mother of his child is limited, you know, or or the the bickering and the fighting and stuff is still a little relevant and and all those things. And so him having a you know not being a single guy mm-hmm. and having kids of his own and in, in a and a co-parenting relationship probably helped with that as well you know yeah so he definitely can understand what you guys are experiencing so that makes sense right so can you give me like two or three takeaways that you would like for listeners to get from from your your story from your experience 
one would be if you can honestly if you can honestly think of all decisions and gear them towards the best interest of the child rather than your own interest or perception or feelings about it, you're better off. Pick your battles would be another big one because if you're fighting just to fight because something's irritating you, whether it's got really anything to do with what you're fighting about or not, when something actually is an issue, if you're constantly bickering about everything, the things that are important issues are going to get swept under the rug because you fight about everything. And check your baggage and your ego and your pity party at the door and, and be an adult because you chose to have a child and like it or not, you're going to be connected to the other person for the rest of your life. And so you can either make it easy or make it hard. I mean, don't be a doorstep by any means, but you know, yeah. No, I think if those are resist it. If you resist it too much, then then you're just going to be, you know, you're you're going to live in a state of chaos, and kids are more perceptive than we are, and so you raise them in chaos, then they're addicted to chaos, and they live in chaos, and and you're not really going to be happy with yourself when they're an adult and they're living in complete chaos relationships because that's what you've shown them is normal. Yeah. I think those are very pertinent takeaways. So thank you for sharing. And as we conclude, do you have anything else that you would like to to share or anything that we didn't cover that you would like to share? Uh, try to try to work on yourself as much as you work on your relationships with others because if you're not trying to improve yourself or learn or grow you'll be stagnant and so will the relationship you have with the other parent and your kids because how it is is how it'll stay unless everybody's trying to go forward so that would be about it, I think. Yeah. Well, definitely thank you for sharing your story, your experience. You've had a lot of great takeaways, even though not everybody's going to have something as a similar experience because you mentioned like living in a smaller town and kind of knowing mm-hmm. your your um, co-parent's boyfriend. But there's still a lot that can be taken from just communication right having positive Mm -hmm. communication not feeding into your ego or into being egged on right Mm -hmm. like not not responding because you had to check yourself right Mm -hmm. so that you're not responding so that you know like hey this is not going to be beneficial to right the best interest of my child so let me not engage and just being able to be confident in yourself and your co-parent relationship and like you mentioned that he also was in a co-parenting relationship so there's no insecurity so 
that is also like really, really huge when mm-hmm. it comes to co-parenting like that, having that lack of in, like having no insecurity, because I think that's where some of it, some of that drama happens when you have that type of it's like that that experience so yeah well yeah. That, and i it's you can't blame the other person unless you know for me there wasn't any unresolved emotions or anything like that nothing was lingering between us when her and her boyfriend got together a few years ago or anything but i interact and see and with the with the coaching stuff and and working with people you know there's typically a lot of blame type uh resistance towards the other person's new partner or new relationship like it was their fault you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you can't you can't resent somebody that had nothing to do with it you know just because that they they are in your in their life now or something you know it's but everybody has their own ego and pride and that's a lot of it mostly yeah <laughs> i guess so, well definitely appreciate you being on thank you And that wraps up another insightful episode of Talk It Out Piece by Piece. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on co-parenting and blending families and that you gain valuable knowledge and inspiration. Remember, co-parenting and blended families can be a challenging journey, but with patience, understanding, and a commitment to open communication, it's possible to create a strong and loving family unit. We would like to express our sincere gratitude to our special guest, J.P. Marsh, for sharing his personal stories. His wisdom and insights have shed light on the complexities of co-parenting and blending, offering guidance and support to our listeners. If you found this episode helpful, be sure to subscribe to Talk It Out Piece by Piece for more engaging discussions on various aspects of family life. We have a lineup of inspiring episodes coming your way, tackling topics such as parenting strategies, building resilience in children, and fostering healthy relationships within the family. We also love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, questions, or personal experiences related to co-parenting and blended families by reaching out to us on social media at Matching Peace with Kelly. Your stories and, and feedback inspire us to continue bringing us, bringing you valuable content. Remember, no family is perfect and it's okay to face challenges along the way. What truly matters is the love, commitment, and effort we put into our relationships. So keep building those strong family ties and cherishing the moments that truly matter. Until next time, take care and remember that your family ties are what make you who you are.